Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome to our new podcast, Politics by Faith. My name is Mike Slater. If you ever look at the top stories of the day and feel anxiety or stress or despair, then welcome to the club. (laughs) So the goal here is to take the top story of the moment and give you some biblical and or historical perspective in order to bring you peace, because that's what I need in my life right now. I think a lot of my anxiety about the news comes from this incorrect belief that this is all new. This is new. This is unique. It's never happened before, but there's nothing new under the sun. It's from Solomon, Ecclesiastes 1.9. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new? <laughs> no, is the answer, it's all been done before. It may look new, it may feel new, but if you dig down, it's all the same. It's all been done before. So let's get some peace from that. Uh, just because this is our first episode, I want to take a second to explain the name of the show, Politics by Faith. So it's a play on Hebrews 11 and 12. The author goes into a list of Old Testament saints and says, by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, by faith, by faith, by faith, Isaac, by faith, Jacob, by faith, Joseph, by faith, Moses, by faith, Rahab, goes on, by faith, men and women of God were made strong out of weakness. By faith, by faith, by faith. This is politics by faith. The difficult things going on in our world today can make us weak. If you let it, it can also make you stronger. Hebrews goes on, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that can so easily entangle so that you do not grow weary or lose heart. Anxiety is one of those things that hinders. So that's our goal here, to take a story of the moment and analyze it and, and find some peace and strength and to not grow weary, but instead, by faith, find the confidence that we need to run with endurance. So here we are, two minutes in. Let's do it. By the way, please give us a subscribe while you're here, and uh, we'll see how it all goes. So on our very first episode, we picked a doozy, <laughs> immigration. So story of the day, Ron DeSantis bussing in 48 migrants to Martha's Vineyard. On the night of September 15th, Thursday night, 48 illegal immigrants from Venezuela were on a bus to Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard is this small, very rich island off the coast of Cape Cod in Massachusetts. It's 100 square miles, 15,000 people. Did I mention it's rich? The people there are very wealthy. The Obamas have a house there, for instance, 7,000 square feet of a house on 29 acres. And I'm sure they're not the richest people on the island. One of the Venezuelans who 
got off the bus in Martha's Vineyard, went uh, looked at a restaurant and saw that the hamburger was $26. And he said that's more than he made in a month in Venezuela. So what's going on here? What, what, why did DeSantis do this? Well, just so far this year, border agents have logged 2 million border encounters. Last year was the record, and it was under 2 million for the entire year. We're not even done with the year yet, and we're over 2 million. And progressives in the north part of the country, especially rich people in rich areas, don't ever feel the brunt of this. So when they hear about border towns getting overrun, they think, oh, well, that's a Texas problem. Well, Governor Abbott in Texas and Governor DeSantis in Florida made it a Martha's Vineyard problem. For instance, Del Rio, Texas, it's right on the border, in the middle of the Texas border, 35,000 people in this town. The mayor's a Democrat. And this was back in July. He was begging the federal government for help. Begging them for help. We need help here. Because we have 50,000 illegal immigrants who have crossed into our town this month. The size of the, it's 35,000 people in the whole town. And 50,000 illegal immigrants have flooded in. It's doubled the size of the town. Meanwhile, Martha's Vineyard, 15,000 people. DeSantis bust in less than 50. And it was a meltdown. <laughs> this bus increased the population of Martha's Vineyard by 0.33%. Del Rio, Texas saw a 140% increase in their population. So when Del Rio, Texas gets a 140% increase in their population, the people of Martha's Vineyard don't care. But when Martha's Vineyard gets a 0.3% increase in their population, it's the end of the world. Also, the mayor of Texas, Abbott, has bust illegal immigrants into Chicago and New York City and D.C. And the mayors, they're all freaked out about it. But, I mean, come on, DeSantis dropping illegal immigrants off at Martha's Vineyard. That's, that's, that's a work of art. That's some next-level trolling. It just brings attention to their hypocrisy. Right? The people of Martha's Vineyard, after feigning some compassion, had these migrants loaded back up on buses and headed to a nearby military base within 48 hours. Also worth noting, the Biden administration has been flying illegal immigrants all across the country in the middle of the night for the past two years. So this is nothing new. It's just who's doing the moving and where are they being moved to? That's what the Democrats, that's what the left doesn't like. But no Republican has ever done a better job of exposing the virtue signaling hypocrisy than Ron DeSantis did. So what's the story here? Why, what's about immigration? And why is there so much anxiety about immigration? I think this issue, it, it feels like chaos, doesn't it? It just feels like a lot of changes, a lot of chaos, a lot of lawlessness, a lot of virtue signaling from people who aren't personally affected at all and not, are not willing to help either, certainly not willing to stop it. We have open borders, streams of people coming across. What is going to happen to our country if we let this go on? It's all, it's all so sad. All of it. It's, it's sad that other countries are so broken. And it's sad that we don't have a logical, predictable, orderly immigration system. It's horrific that 80% of the girls and women 
who are trafficked across the border are raped by the cartels. It's horrible. And then in the meantime, you, citizen of this country, you're fed nothing but deceit. First of all, most people have no idea the scope of this. People don't know that there's 2 million people coming across this year. Uh, You ask people how many illegal immigrants live in in America, they'll be like, a thousand. People have no clue. There was a Yale study that says there's 22 million illegal immigrants in America. That's the population of Florida. That's more than New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Ohio. Just illegal immigrants. And on the deceit, I mean, first, these illegal immigrants are called aliens, then illegal immigrants, then undocumented workers, migrants, dreamers. <laughs> these people break the law and get praised. Meanwhile, you get pulled over for rolling through a stop sign. You're paying your taxes when they don't. And the whole thing just feels very unfair. I hate it. So, let's give a little biblical perspective here. First of all, why is this a tricky issue to start the podcast off with? That's what I said uh, in the beginning of this. Like, of all the topics (laughs) to do our first episode. It's tricky because, and I spent a ton of time struggling with this, how to present this. Today, the point of this podcast is not to use the Bible as a weapon to impose conservative policy. Or in this case, the Bible says this should be our immigration policy. That's not what this is. I'm sure there's other podcasts for that. The point of this podcast is to do what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 15, take every thought captive. So we are going to take the anxiety from this issue captive, and we're going to find peace in this moment so that we can go to sleep, so we can rest at night, so we can wake up the next morning and think more clearly. This issue of mass migration, it brings a lot of anxiety. Again, a lot of chaos all feels very unprecedented. And I'm here to tell you there's nothing new under the sun. None of this is unprecedented. There have been countless, constant mass migrations of people. There were mass migrations of people during the Bronze Age, (laughs) 2000 BC. Migrations of the Bantu people across Central and Southern Africa. That was like 1000 BC. The Bantu people, they mastered farming first and they therefore could make more people and they could take over the hunter-gathering tribes of Africa. Tons of barbarian invasions in the end of the Roman Empire, the great migration from England all around the British Empire, the largest empire ever. In America, you have the California Gold Rush. You got the great migration of African-Americans from the South to the North and starting in 1920. The largest forced migration in the world was the splitting up of India into Pakistan, 14 million people were moved, and it was ugly. Two million people were killed. The largest voluntary migration was Italy, 1880 to 1915. 13 million people left the country. You know, there's more people of Irish heritage in America than there are people in Ireland. Not just more, seven times as many here in America. So there's always been mass migrations. Instead of focusing on those, I want to focus on the Migration of just two people, Aquila and Priscilla. Coming right out of the gate here with my takeaway. First, if you are a Christian, then Jesus is the king of kings. Of all the kings, he is the king. And all the other kings will go away and he will remain forever. Number two, wherever you are, God has you there 
And that is where you can serve the Lord and glorify God. And third, if you are a Christian, you are a citizen in heaven, currently living as a pilgrim behind enemy lines. Aquila and Priscilla lived that out perfectly. Husband and wife team, they're mentioned six times in the New Testament. So a little background, the Romans at this time did not care much for the Jews, to say the least. One example, Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they're in Philippi. Philippi is in northern Greece. It's named after the father of Alexander, the great Philip II. And at this point, it was a Roman colony. And there's a slave girl there who's possessed by a demon spirit. She's a fortune teller. The Bible literally says that she has a python spirit because Apollo slayed a serpent python dragon, which guarded the Oracle of Delphi. So this girl had a connection with the Oracle of Delphi, hence the python spirit. Anyway, she brought her owners, as the Bible says, much gain by fortune telling. So she made her owners a lot of money. Well, Paul commanded the spirit to leave the girl and this ticked off her owners because now they weren't making any money off of her. So they dragged, the owners dragged Paul and Silas to the marketplace before the the rulers and said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. And then the crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. So the people beat Paul and Silas to a pulp and then threw him in prison. And then Paul and Silas eventually converted the man who was guarding the prison, but that's for another day. I share this story because the Romans didn't care much for the Jews or for new Christians. They wanted them gone. So about a year or two later, and there are three historical texts other than the Bible that confirm that the Roman emperor Claudius expelled all the Jews from Rome, all of them. The Roman historian Suetonius At about the year 100, he wrote, Since the Jews constantly made disturbances at the instigation of Crestus, that's Jesus Christ, the emperor Claudius expelled them from Rome. So the emperor's like, you're all out of here. And at this time, I should say, many many people considered Christians a sect of Judaism, right? So they they, they were still lumped all together at one uh, by many people. So the emperor kicked all the Jews out, even the ones who were following Jesus, and even the ones who weren't following Jesus, you're all gone. All of you are gone, including Aquila and Priscilla. And Aquila and Priscilla, they complained and whined, oh, boo-hoo, this is our home. No, they left. They followed the laws, even the ones they thought were unjust. So they went to Corinth. Corinth is a city in Greece, not too far from Athens. And ooh, a pagan city, (laughs) pagan city to the max. Did Aquila and Priscilla want to be in Corinth? I don't know. I don't think they minded. They saw it as a mission field, surely. But it's where God wanted them, clearly. No question about that. Because that's where they bumped into Paul. This is Acts 18. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, which is modern-day Turkey. We'll get to that in a second. Who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius, the emperor, had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them. And because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. How great is that? So Paul and this married couple, they were both tent makers and both Christians. So from that point forward, they hit it off. They were a ministry team together. They traveled together. They preached the word together. But think of these two, Aquila and Priscilla. They were foreigners from Turkey. 
living in Rome, minding their own business, making tents, when the emperor banished them all. And now they're off in Corinth, in Greece. And they set up shop in the marketplace, making tents where they bumped into Paul. And they took Paul in for 18 months into their home so that he could continue to preach. And then the three of them, they took off to another city, Ephesus, where they served together there. Years later, Paul wrote a letter back to the church in Corinth and said, the churches of Asia greet you, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. So clearly the church of Corinth knew Aquila and Priscilla, right? He sends, he, Paul sent their greetings, but also they never stopped having church in their house. That's what it says, with the church that is still in their house, they never stopped having church no matter where they were. They used whatever they had, wherever they were, for God's glory. Paul also wrote a note to the church in Rome, and he said, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Jesus Christ, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. And you're like, what do you mean, risked their necks for my life? What does that mean, risked their necks? No one really knows. It might have been. If I were to take a guess, it might have been in Ephesus. There was a man named Demetrius, and he was a silversmith. And he made these little idols and trinkets for the temple of Artemis. And during one of their big festivals, he wasn't selling as many trinkets and idols because Paul kept preaching about Jesus and people weren't worshiping at the pagan temples as much anymore. So he led a riot against the Christians. So maybe Aquila and Priscilla protected Paul during that riot. We don't know. But wherever they were, Aquila and Priscilla were doing great things. So if you have anxiety about people moving around all the time, take some comfort. People have always been moving forever. Hunters and gatherers have been moving. Tribes moving, expanding, enslaving, completely annihilating other tribes. There's been famines and mass migrations for all time. People have been expelled from lands like Aquila and Priscilla and the Jews from Rome. The great migration of people today is nothing new. Now, I'm not here to say that it's therefore good, because oftentimes in the history of migrations, it's been very difficult, but it's not new. So what do we do? What's in my control? Two things. First, we are called to obey the government. We are. It's a tough one. Romans 13, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. So we must obey the government authority unless they command you to disobey uh, an order from God. That's different. And our government sets up immigration laws. You have to follow those immigration laws. You have to, no matter how unfair you think they might be. Claudius's immigration law, I bet, was seen as pretty unfair. Would you imagine the day that Aquila and Priscilla were told that they had to leave Rome because the emperor said all the Jews have to leave? I'm sure they saw that as pretty unfair, but it doesn't matter. Now, there's no evidence that Aquila and Priscilla whined or complained when they were forced to pick up their business and home and leave their friends out of Rome. But it was certainly an unfair policy. But they obeyed it. It is okay to expect and even demand that foreigners follow the laws of the United States. Just like we would be expected to follow the laws of any other country. That's the first thing. We have to obey the government. Second, if you feel personally called to help a foreigner, oh, by all means, help away. And that was Ron DeSantis's point. These people in Martha's Vineyard, they say they want to help, 
But within 48 hours, these Venezuelans were on a bus to the nearest military base. Some help you were. If you're really interested in helping people seeking asylum, then there's plenty of charities to help. And maybe even taking someone into your home. But almost no one ever does. It's much easier to virtue signal. There's plenty of Airbnbs available on Martha's Vineyard. I bet some of those estates on Martha's Vineyard probably could have slept all 48 of them. Barack Obama's house probably could have 8,000 square feet. So what's in your control? First, obeying the law. And second, helping people in need. So how do we end this? What are we to think about tonight? What should we be meditating about? So there's three takeaways in this episode, and I want to end here focusing on the third. But the first is, if you're a Christian, then Jesus is the king of kings. And of all the kings, he's the king of them all. And they, all the other ones will go away, and only he will remain. Second, wherever you are, wherever God has you, that is where you serve the Lord and glorify God. If you're Aquila and Priscilla, it doesn't matter if you're in Rome, Corinth, Philippi, it doesn't matter. And third, you are a citizen in heaven, living currently as a pilgrim and behind enemy lines. Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means exactly what it says. We're citizens in heaven. Charles Spurgeon says, if our citizenship be in heaven, then we are aliens here. We are strangers and foreigners, pilgrims and sojourners on this earth as all our fathers were. C.S. Lewis takes it up a notch. He wrote during World War II, he said, enemy-occupied territory, that is what the world is. No matter where we are, if you're a Christian, we're all pilgrims in a foreign land. I'll end with John Wesley. He wrote a hymn in 1747. He said, how happy is the pilgrim's lot how free from every anxious thought, from worldly hope and fear, confined to neither court nor cell. His soul disdains on earth to dwell. He only sojourns here. You're not here forever. You're just sojourning at the moment. The things eternal I pursue, a happiness beyond the view of those that basely pant for things by nature felt and seen, their honors, wealth, and pleasures mean, I neither have nor want. Nothing on earth I call my own, a stranger to the world unknown. I all their goods despise. I trample on their whole delight and seek a country out of sight, a country in the skies. Hope you enjoyed this first episode. Will we solve all the world's problems here in 20 minutes? No. Will we be able to use the Bible to fight for conservative politics? No, that's not the point. The point is to get a larger perspective, a more biblical perspective. It's all been done before. There's nothing new under the sun. Hopefully, it can bring you peace, some strength. We can go to sleep, rest up, and fight on again tomorrow. This is Politics by Faith with Mike Slater.